I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, the site of Ohio State 26, Nebraska 17, the four-time defending Big Ten champion state unbeaten in the league. That's one way to start Rapid Reaction, which is brought to you by Byers Auto with Spencer Holbrook, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. The defense, the Silver Bullets are flying around. They had two mistakes. They gave up two scores. It was a competitive battle, but you take that uh, from Ohio State's defense almost every time out. Um, again, that's only half the story for the second week in a row. Ohio State's offense doesn't meet the standard. So, Berm, where do you want to start? With I the good start, or the bad? I, I, I was thinking about this as, as the game was winding down. I was going to come in here and say, you know what? I understand the old adage is a win is a win is a win. But that doesn't mean it's a good thing. All It's better than a loss, certainly. But then I listened to the post-game press conference as I was finishing up my work. And you start to see... There, the conversation is Michigan came in here, Michigan State came in here, Oklahoma came in here. Ohio State won by more than all of those teams against this Nebraska team, which was game. They were game from the start, so kudos to Nebraska. They had a good game plan defensively. I don't know what in the world is going on with the Buckeye run game. The, the offensive line seems to be outnumbered every play now when they weren't for some reason early in the season. Something has changed. I don't know if it's schematic or just attitude, but we both said it pregame. This didn't have the pregame buzz that no. we did in Indiana, uh, blah, blah, Indiana. Yeah. you know, there was a lot of energy. Today, you could just tell this team was sort of tired, and that 11 a.m. start is weird. I mean, it was weird for me this morning. <laughs> uh, very much so. The offense just looks a little clunky right now. They're racking up yards. They're getting it done. They're getting in the end zone when they absolutely need to, but at the same time, like, they you just... They always need to. They, they just... It just feels like something is off. And you can watch as much film as you want. You can break it down as much as you want. You can try to scheme it open. But when something's off, it sometimes it's just off. And, and the offensive line right now is not clicking. The run game is not where it needs to be. I do think we need to pump the brakes a little on the whole balance thing because sometimes these short passes are just glorified runs, and Ohio State uses them as such. And so there was a lot of balance in this game. It does just seem like there's just something off about it but when you look at the final score and you know that the two plays that happened were the exact same play on the exact same person with the exact same wide receiver this game should have been at least 26 to 3 because Ohio State was giving up nothing to Nebraska other than the two big plays you know you take those out there's 150 of Nebraska's 350 yards on the game like this is a a blowout uh you know not a not a explosive blowout as far as like Ohio State's offense getting in the end zone nine times. This is a blowout if those if those two plays don't happen. So I think there is some good to take away from this game. The last, and all of these things that we're saying with the good and bad, they are still coming in nine point victories over Big Ten opponents. And I, I think that it, it, it's funny to just break it down to me. I don't know any other way to yeah. say it that Ohio State is not playing their best. Penn State gave them a very good test, much better than we may have anticipated, or certainly better than the spread suggested. The same was true for Nebraska. You said all week, and Ryan Day did as well, that you looked at those games against Oklahoma and Michigan State and Michigan, you thought it wasn't going to be easy. So from that respect, I certainly understand that you say you come on the road in November, you leave unbeaten, and, and Ohio State should be happy. But the team that was in there 
I mean, the defensive side of the ball felt very good about it. But C.J. Stroud, and I even asked him about it, like, you could tell that he was really, you know, a little bit unsatisfied with the way he played personally. So it's just a real mixed bag. But, you know, this is where you're glad you have all – you're glad you're that much more talented than everyone else because you can make some mistakes and not play your best and get away with it. But C.J. Stroud threw for 405 yards, but you're just like, oh, who cares? Him throwing for 405 yards right now is sort of, uh, you know, average. It's an average day. The, the two interceptions he forced, and he had, he took those on full full brunt, said that that's totally on me. But it wasn't just on C.J. Stroud. The, the play calling, again, was very bizarre. Uh, and I don't know if Ryan Day is trying to force things to, to, to put more on C.J. Stroud. There was a ton of, like, RPO stuff today that I just don't understand. We saw a smoke screen yeah. to Mitch Rossi. Yeah, there was just a yeah, very bizarre there. vibe throughout the entire game. And I don't know what the, what's happened, but those three four-yard runs that Travion Henderson is now just stacking up, those were nine, ten-yard runs yeah, a month were. ago, and there's just not a push up front. And I guess the point that I was trying to make and was struggling to get there was that you can't <laughs> complain about these wins, yeah. but you also, if you're Ohio State, you're shrinking your own margin for error, and you shouldn't be relying on winning close games week after week when there is still a talent gap between even Ohio State and Penn State, certainly between Ohio State and Nebraska. And they put that in a position today where now credit Bryson Shaw for getting a PBU, credit Marcus Williamson for coming up and delivering a big hit, credit Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison for being monsters all day. The defense got the stops that they needed to, but they were a drive away from potentially losing this game. And you can't you're going to win the Big Ten again, if you're going to stay in position to go to the college football playoff, if you're going to win games when you get there, Ohio State will just simply have to play better than they did today. I, I agree with that. And, you know, the, the, the defense made plays when it needed to. The offense looked weird when it shouldn't have. And But the bottom line is, like, this defense is just gaining confidence. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I'm going to take away from Lincoln as we leave is, like, the more this defense is on the field and the more you see Steel Chambers start to make plays, the more you see these defensive ends, like it's a confidence thing at this point. Like they were, they're doing the exact same things they were at the beginning of the season. They're just doing it with a full head of steam and a lot of confidence right now. And so as you see these guys continue to progress, this is a defense that all of a sudden is hard to score on. And this offense may not need that 40 points a game like we were we were thinking at the beginning of the year. They might not need 600 yards of total offense against you know the best teams in the country. Like this defense, like, good luck to Michigan State and Michigan and to again for running against them. Good luck to Purdue trying to throw with David Bell, you know, on Denzel Burke. Like the defense is is the storyline right now. And while the offense is struggling in a midseason crisis almost Whoa. the defense is just not a crisis we'll but you know like, yeah it's, it's a it's a little bit a little of a lull there we go i just lack a better term uh the defense is just picking it all up and and you know they, they left it all i guess on the field if you want to be cliche like that's what you know ohio state in the beginning of the season i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ...was very adamant that the reason they were rotating in so many young guys and trying to play so many guys is because they thought they had a lot of guys that could play good football. And, you know, last week we're like, okay, 
stick your best 11 out there and go. But it seems like every week that best 11 is changing a little bit. And I don't know if it's based on the person, the teams they're playing against. I don't know if they're, if they really just feel confident that they have that sort of flexibility where they can do different things against Nebraska that they did against Penn State and they will against Purdue. Uh, but you, you certainly like the, the trajectory of the defense. And, you know, for me today, it's still just about Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously breaking an Ohio State record for 15, with 15 catches. Like this is a team that has so much talent that there's just no excuse to be so vanilla. Yeah. I guess I was gonna say, sorry, Chives, that well, you're good. The the reset here for rapid reaction brought to you by Buyers Auto. Like all the stuff, the mixed bag, we're gonna talk about it for the next six days. But st- the stuff that Jackson Smith and Jigba was doing today, the stuff that Tyreek Smith was doing today, the pass breakup that Denzel Burke had today, you you still have to Chris Olave another touchdown, just routine at this point. You still have a bunch of individual people that are, are really shining. And that's I think that's why the disjointed part, uh, we focus on that, but the individual efforts that they're getting are still remarkable. And if you were ever wondering why Jamison Williams may have left the Ohio State wide receivers room, well, Jackson Smith and Jigba, pretty much every part of this field put that on display. You know, certainly if when Garrett Wilson is out, you would have liked somebody else, but guess what? A five-star in Julian Fleming came out there. Berm, you got a great photo of that play of the sideline. He made a handful of catches and he should have had one more that could have put that game and maybe a different score in the fourth quarter. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, he may already be the best wide receiver on this team. And week to week, we can have a different conversation because Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are pretty freaking good too. But he was the only champion last week, and he will certainly be the offensive player of the game when they give that out tomorrow night. I think there's there's positives here. I mean, even for the – I'm going to say this. Don't get weird. There's positives in the negatives, okay? So, like, Marvin Harrison played more today than he has all year long, obviously, with Garrett Wilson out. Dropped an easy first down that was right in his hands on the sideline. Had a dumb holding penalty on another play. Like, there's things that these kids have to learn. And I was just sort of taken aback. It's fourth quarter of the game, and Ohio State has out of the field freshman, 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 freshman in a game that they are struggling to win. And I think it says something about where the program is going and how much talent they have. But at some point, you'd like to see someone step up and on offense and just kind of, you know, uh, power their way down the field. And they started to do that on the, the, the game-winning field goal drive, the one that pushed it out where they started to churn some butter uh, with the running game. Churn some churn butter. And yeah, butter. You know, they're churning butter. The running game got going a little bit. Travion Is this how you churn butter? Churn the butter. Is yeah. this how you churn butter? Yeah. You have to go counterclockwise. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that We're struck... We're setting our clocks back tonight. One of the things that struck me about what Ryan Day had to say was the fact that every week that they struggle, he makes sure to remind everyone how young they are. Sure. And when you have a redshirt freshman quarterback throwing to a redshirt freshman, or not a redshirt freshman, but a second-year wide receiver, and you have a freshman in the backfield, and you have you know Luke Whipler still making a, his only his ninth start of his career, and four tackles playing alongside him, and on the defense you've got all these guys like they're doing all this with a roster that you know a long it's, time ago is just in power football. Yeah. I mean, there's not that's you have to acknowledge that, and I think Ryan and, Day was poignant in postgame where he brought up what happened against Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, because he knows people are watching this game and seeing the score. And he's on Tuesday, Buckeyes are going to drop in those rankings on Tuesday, probably. And he's I bet gonna, they won't because Michigan State played this team too, and they went to overtime. You'd think. The, the thing uh, that, but, you know, uh, that playoff, that's another NCAA, show. NCAA, not consistent at all. And sort of along the same lines of what I was trying to talk about was the fact that this place was rowdy in the second half, and Nebraska brings it from a crowd perspective. Like you know, football here. And uh, – 
CJ Stroud made the point of like, we haven't played in front of this kind of crowd yet because on offense, it's quiet in Ohio Stadium. And Indiana was a, you know, a lullaby. And like, you haven't really seen a Rutgers was the same exact way after the first two minutes. Like, you haven't seen a crowd like this. And I think this is actually a really good experience for all of these young guys, as, as mad as Ohio State fans want to be about this team right now. It's a really good experience to get a win in front of 85,000 loud morning drinkers. And <laughs> and so now when you go to Michigan and you play 110,000 people along with the 11 on the field, you're going to know what this what that noise is like because this place was loud. And the six wearing stripes. Um, they're yeah. so bad. I, the officials in this league are so, so bad. Yeah, across the board. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Um, the wind coming in this direction is still blowing pretty stiff. Yeah, if the mics are bad, I'm sorry. Okay. I was just going to talk about Noah Ruggles because yeah. I thought that last kick might be the time that he finally breaks down and misses one because I like I kind of questioned this decision. I think it was fourth and five maybe. Yeah. So if you want to put this in the hands of C.J. Stroud in the offense and maybe throw four at one time, get one more catch for Jackson Smith and Jigba, put the game away that way. Ryan Day calls on Noah Ruggles. He'd already hit that big bomb that was probably good from – 75 70, yards 60. in the first half. All right, 47-yarder put the game away, young man. He, I don't remember even batting an eye when he came through the transfer portal. Like, oh, all right, well, I guess this guy's coming to be the backup. I don't yeah. – it didn't seem like the impact move like a, a Justin Fields or a Trey Sermon, but they don't win the last two weeks without this guy who makes eight field goals in the last two weeks. Pretty good. I mean, I'm not gonna that's about the extent of, of our kicking yeah, I'm not going to spend too hey. much time talking about a kicker, but the, the point is – as a, as a veteran, you come in here, you've played in big games. He was at North Carolina before. He played in front of crowds. He knew what he was doing, and he stepped right up and knocked it Were they really big games? And there? honestly, move over, thing, Luke Rosen. I was, <laughs> I was, when when Ohio State punted, um, it would have been a 53 yard field goal for Noah Ruggles on the previous drive. And I thought, you know, what what's the point of all, all those other field goal attempts if you're not going to let him try a 53 yarder? And then they only get 25 yards on the punt and I'm like oh that's kind of weird and then you know he comes up like I said and just striped it man you nice hit it job, here you made it that's the kind of kicking analysis that you will get at Letterman Row but the kicking game is more important and it extends here oh I knew he no. was gonna go into it but hear Spencer me out was a kicker it was 23 to 17 Nebraska's on the 11 yard line sure, they and they yard. shanked an easy field goal Nebraska had a chance to pin Ohio State deep and shanked a punt Ohio State scores a touchdown so while all these things are minute and it's just okay make this take this snap and then we'll go to commercial break like those things are what win you games and when Nebraska failed to execute on a punt that gave Ohio State a 49 yard drive for a touchdown and when they could have cut it to three they miss a 31 yard field goal Ohio State comes back down makes a field goal of their own makes it a two possession game and that's the really like that's the story of how this game was yeah. won, really. And you what said was, it on what was, Yeah, what was the word that he used? You said it on both predictions. Did you call them bozos or what did you call No, they were putrid, atrocious, horrible. You said it was the worst thing in the world. You said hunger, poverty, and <laughs> Nebraska special teams. I'm going to say it now. Hunger, poverty, and Nebraska special teams. I, mean, I was pretty consistent. Take here. your pick. Uh, doesn't matter. They couldn't get it done yet again. Uh, the Scott Frost uh, era seems to be coming fast to a close. Maybe not, but uh, he certainly so. can't win big games. Nah. They're not going to a bowl. Ohio State took care of that with a 26-17 win here in Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. This has been Rapid Reaction. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Spencer Holbrook and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. A lot more uh, post-game coverage coming for you at Letterman Row. And then we'll get ready next week for Ohio State at Purdue. We'll see you back in the great state of Ohio. Purdue at Ohio State. What? Purdue's at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. We'll see you then. Well, we'll see you back in the great state of Ohio, like I said. Bye-bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.